0: Of a serial entrepreneur. I used to be in the music industry and had my own record label. And then I ended up moving to Houston and opening a performing arts academy. And then I went into real estate and love that job. But I get ideas in my head all the time for different things I could create. And my husband, Andrew, traveled a lot with his previous job. He is a social butterfly. He loves to talk to people, play golf with random people. So he kept sending me pictures of himself on the golf course alone. After a meeting, I was like, why are you playing alone? Like, this is so sad for you because you love talking and hanging out with people. And so I was like, wouldn't it be so cool if while you were in Mexico City, you could just go on an app and it would show you all the other guys in your area that were available to play golf. And then you could just click on them and invite them to come and play with you. And then you'd meet all these cool new people and have this great experience. So then he thought it was a good idea. So I put my head down and started doing all the framework for it, researching how to make it. And Once I start something, I am going to see it through to the end, no matter what.
1: Welcome to the Mod Golf podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf podcast, thanks so much for joining us. And please subscribe to the show so you hear all about our upcoming episodes and you can enter our latest golf product giveaway. Before we get started here, I did want to thank Golf Genius Software for helping bring you this episode. Golf Genius Software empowers tournament management at thousands of private clubs, public courses, resorts, and golf associations all over the world. So if you're a golf course operator who wants to do less work, have more fun, and generate more revenue, check them out online at golfgenius.com. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Lydia Davies, founder and CEO at Teammates Golf. Teammates is a mobile app that makes playing with other golfers easy and convenient, allowing you to connect with people who share the same passion for golf. Teammates helps you find new like minded golfers anywhere in the world, whether it's in your hometown, on a work trip, or on a vacation. So, with that introduction, Lydia, hey, thanks so much for joining me today and welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast.
0: Thank you for having me, Colin. I'm so excited to be here today.
1: I am excited to hear your story. You and I have been back and forth on LinkedIn for a a couple of months. I've been following all the interesting things that you're doing here. And I I just love the entrepreneurial hustle that you're showing and want to share with our audience your story and uh, and showcase all the things that you're doing. And, And what I love here is, You're like me. When I started out, it was having more than one thing going on at once. I know you're a full-time realtor in greater Houston, I understand. So you also have a love for golf, obviously, while you're doing this with teammates. And you're showing some hustle off the side of your desk here with teammates. So we're going to find out all about that. But to start off here, Lydia, I always love to ask this question. Tell us about your first ever golf experience. The first time in your life you picked up a club and also what you consider to be your most awesome golf experience, whether it's something you did yourself with a club in a hand or something you experienced.
0: So the first time I ever, and this is such a wonderful memory for me, the first time I ever picked up a golf club was with my grandfather, and now these are my father's parents they're from Wales in the UK and I think I was about six years old and he said let's go down to this driving range and my brother and I didn't really know what a driving range was you know we want to do anything we can with grandpa so we went down there and he gave us some clubs and I remember them being really old-fashioned clubs okay. uh, and we were at this little cute driving range I believe it was called Glenbrook I think and it was really adorable And I just remember swinging it and thinking it was really fun. And honestly, after those few times that he took us there, we moved overseas. And after that, I honestly didn't pick up a golf club again until I lived in the Middle East in my early 30s. So that was like a huge gap there.
1: Yeah. Well, there got to be a story there. Now we got to wonder what you were doing in the Middle East. I'm just going to dig into that one. So tell us about that. What took you to the Middle East and the opportunity to pick up a golf club again?
0: Yes. Well, I'm a bit of an expat brat. We moved around a lot when I was a kid. Grew up in Singapore, Indonesia, all those places. And when I was an adult, my late husband and I moved there to Abu Dhabi. He was an avid golfer. So we went to Yas Links, which is one of the links courses there, which is absolutely beautiful. And he was like, you know, try this out again. And I was like, okay, well, I'm pretty sporty. I love sports. And they had a par three nine hole course there on the side of the 18. So I was like, okay, this one isn't too intimidating. And I picked up the golf club, did some practices by myself and just fell in love with it again. Hmm. So, and I couldn't believe it had been so long that I hadn't played it, but I just did a bunch of soccer and skiing and all that other stuff and just hadn't really thought about it.
1: Right, right. So you were a sporty person. And as we see so often in golf, especially with women, it's that power of invitation. Someone has to invite you. Yes. Whether it's par 3 or a pitch and putt or, or a full 18-hole par 72 green grass experience, that power of imitation is so strong. It sounds like you would have probably never picked up a golf club again if you didn't get invited first. You probably wouldn't have just done it on your own. It sounds like you probably would have stuck with skiing and all the other sports that you love to do.
0: Yeah, I honestly wouldn't. And that's a huge part of what I'm trying to work on now is making women feel more comfortable showing up at the golf course. Because the sport has grown so much for women in the past few years, but they're still somewhat apprehensive of showing up at the first tee and getting mixed with some guys that are more experienced or women that are more experienced. So I'm really trying to get women feeling more comfortable going. And I've been taking some new girls out to the golf course that have never played before and just getting them doing a whole round and making them see that it is possible. And it's not that scary. And once you do it, it's really fun.
1: Nice. Nice. So I have to ask you this. going to rewind the tape a little bit here to when you founded Teammates, which I believe was in August 22. That's when you launched the app, both on Apple and Android now. But tell us about that a little bit yourself as a realtor, first and foremost, definitely bring in money and pay the bills and probably self-fund what you're doing with teammates. Talk about the why, because we know that to have an idea as an entrepreneur, and I've been like in this position in the past before we launched things, having ideas is one thing. To then have the courage and put in the energy and the effort, realizing you may fail, you may stumble. So tell us about that. What pain points did you see and the gaps and opportunities that you saw that led to the creation of teammates?
0: Well, I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur. I used to be in the music industry back in the day and had my own record label um, when I was younger, which was a platform for myself. And then I ended up moving to Houston and opening a performing arts academy, which eventually just wasn't getting the revenue that I'd hoped for. And then I went into real estate and love that job. I have such a great time, such great clients. Houston is an amazing city for it. But I get ideas in my head all the time for different... Mm -hmm companies, different businesses, different things I could create. And my husband, Andrew, He traveled a lot with his previous job. He was always in like Mexico City or Corpus Christi, just going places. And he is a social butterfly, probably more social than I am. He loves to talk to people, play golf with random people. So he kept sending me pictures of himself on the golf course alone after a meeting or after going to a site or whatever. And I was like, why are you playing alone? Like, this is so sad for you because you love talking and hanging out with people. And so I was like, wouldn't it be so cool if while you were in Mexico City, you could just go on an app and it would show you all the other guys in your area that wanted to play golf and that were available to play golf. And then you could just click on them and invite them to come and play with you. And then you'd meet all these cool new people and have this great experience. So then he thought it was a good idea. So I just put my head down and started doing all the framework for it, researching how to make it and all that kind of stuff. And once I start something, I am going to see it through to the end, no matter what. <laughs> Even if it's nice. a bad
1: idea. Nice. So early days, So you saw that there was the pain point that your husband was suffering there being a social guy on the golf course by himself. Very yeah. sad situation. I've been there myself. <laughs> (laughs) But there are other apps out there. There's golf match we've had on, I think, season one, way back in the day, almost five years ago, and other apps, which is actually a good thing. It's a validator to show there is a market. So many entrepreneurs or people considering an idea think, oh, if someone else is doing it, then I've lost the opportunity. Yeah. And that's not true at all. In fact, it's better whether it's investors or even with the market. If there's other people in the space, it validates that there is a market for this. So what differentiates you with what you're doing with teammates where you started, let's say, and where once you started to get some customer and User feedback of what was working and what they loved, and maybe not so much. So, you did a little less of. So, what are you finding now for you? Who's your tribe? Who's your community that you find is the one that's the most connected with what you do?
0: So, when I originally started it, it was all about community for me and building community and normalizing golf for more youth and more females and beginners because I love playing golf, but I'm not a pro. Some days I'll do great, and some days I'll be absolutely terrible. Um, Join the club. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was this community now that golf is growing so much during the pandemic, where you could just feel comfortable and find like minded people to go and play with. And as we started getting users, we noticed that there was a lot of people that were new to different areas, like they just moved there. They were beginners that really wanted to get into it specifically for their businesses. So a lot of oil and gas guys that wanted to be able to network with colleagues or other people in their industry, which Mm -hmm. is currently the direction we're going to the LinkedIn for golf. That's what we're touting ourselves as now. And a lot of females that wanted to be more comfortable and be able to go out with the men in their industries and go and play golf and be up to their level. Now it's become more of opening a door and being fully inclusive and getting everyone in the community involved. Like we have partnerships with a bunch of local companies in Houston. We hope that once it grows enough in Houston that we'll be able to move on to the next city and create those partnerships and collaborations. That's really important.
1: Love it, love it. Well, I I do want to talk about partnerships and collaborations in a minute, but I, I want to ask you this because it sounded like when you had the idea and you thought there was something there and there was a need in the marketplace... So you then decided, I'm just going to build this myself. Is that what you did? Or did you actually get a technical co-founder? Or did you just code this yourself? And if that's the case, did you have, coming from an arts and a music and a real estate background, did you have any coding experience? Or are you just doing one of those things that's, I'm just going to figure this shit out. I'm just going to do it.
0: No, no, I did not code it myself. No, I did. I did all the framework and design on XD and sent that over with all the different pages and ideas and how I wanted it linked. And then I got a a dev team to do all the coding, which I am. I'm learning myself now but it, it's hard <laughs> like it's not a it, it. task <laughs>
1: It is. and the, one of the reasons I, I asked that question is that with entrepreneurs you think oh i need to do everything myself and you don't but it's tricky because also you have limited budgets and yeah. usually you're bootstrapping this and it may be lines of credit or savings or you know 401ks and cashing them in and living the, the entrepreneurial dream that way which can be a bit of a nightmare sometimes yeah. and stressful but that's one of the keys is surrounding yourself with good people knowing what your strengths are and doing that and it sounds like that's what you're focusing on and the things that that you have the gaps or yeah you could learn but it's going to take way too long and you'd only be able to do it like a fraction as well as the other people whether it's actually a full stack web developer or app designer and outsource that yes. and it sounds like that's what you've done as you've kind of navigated this path here to get teammates to market is that accurate
0: yes correct i originally thought that i could do it all myself as i think a lot of <laughs> founders do but i did learn that there are people that are much better at certain things than me and in the in the long run, it's better to take those people that are professionals in their niche and use them. Like for example, the logo, I love designing stuff like that, but I just couldn't get it quite right. And it was really frustrating me. And I eventually called one of my friends who's a professional graphic designer. And within a day, she had it exactly how I wanted it. And I was like, well, I could have just come to you before. And we would yeah. have had this done a long time ago. Same with the development stuff. I could have sat there and learned for a year how to code it all. But again, it still wasn't going to be my specialty. And they were always going to be better at it than me because that's their job. Operating and hiring and outsourcing is really important so that you get everyone's special talents all together to create this entire project.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, needing to focus on your strengths, because otherwise, perhaps you can learn all these other skills, but then you're working in the business, which sometimes you have to do, you just got to roll up your sleeves and get stuff done. But you need to actually extract yourself and work on the business. And it sounds like the strategic roadmap, that business model canvas to make the business actually work, because there's nothing worse than creating something that's awesome and fun that no one wants to pay for. And we'll talk about that part in a minute. But did want to ask you this because, for so many of our listeners here with the Mod Golf Podcast, our Mod Golfers, as we like to call them with our community and our, our tribe, is that they do get paralyzed at the beginning there. Where do I start? I don't know all these other things. Where do I go? In Houston, where you are, did you reach out to other people within the entrepreneurship and innovation community to get advisors and mentors? Or did they have, because I know here in Vancouver, where I am and across Canada, what I support with Startup Canada, that we have all these resources that you can connect, whether it's virtually during COVID or actually in person, and have those resources, whether it's for women entrepreneurs. So I wanted to ask you that. Did you then reach out and ask for help, build community and connect with other entrepreneurs to get some confidence and also to learn? a bit?
0: Yes. After our product was done, and I didn't do this until later on after we had launched the app, I started going to startup happy hours, startup coffees, founders groups, investor groups. Andrew and I split up our time and went to all those different things. And we met a great community of people. And honestly, it is so helpful to talk to other founders and startups about how they're doing. And also just so that they understand your stress it's always like a therapy session. Like, oh, you're going through this? I'm going through this too. It makes me feel better that you're going through it. And that's been really helpful. And it's also got us into a community as well where that's linked Austin, Houston, and Dallas. There's a linked startup community where everyone kind of knows all the investors in those areas and the founders. It's just been really helpful to be a part of that.
1: Oh, wonderful. And it sounds like you have learned that now. And... Just for entrepreneurs out there, people think that, oh, I don't want to share my idea. What if someone steals it? It's like, you know what? You may have the best idea in the world that no one's ever done, but that's like 0.01% of the work. If someone really wants yeah. to steal your idea and do it, that's 99.99% of the work. And they will rather support you. And like you said, talking to other founders, well, even if they're in a completely different industry or technology sector, there's so much to offer. And that support group, like you said, I, I get the same thing from kind of the community building that I do, whether it's through the Mod Golf podcast and the Golf innovation space or what I do generally in tech and innovation entrepreneurship is hard, right? It's isolating. It's lonely a lot of the times, especially if you're a founder without a co-founder. Sounds like with your husband, got someone there that also works with you. So it makes it a little bit easier. Although kudos to you, because actually to do that with your romantic partner can sometimes be a little tricky. But getting aside that it it is really hard. So to have that support system, because the level of anxiety and even depression in, in entrepreneurship is even higher than it is in the general population, which is already way too high. So I'm glad to hear that you've actually surrounded yourself with community And and partners, which is a segue into my next question. You touched on this earlier, Lydia, just as far as partnerships that you formed or are looking to form and alliances in order to scale up. Yeah. Of course, if you want to go far, you got to go together, especially with that multi billion dollar business opportunity we've talked about a lot on the podcast with getting more women to play the game. So, have you started to connect with other organizations that are really focusing on growing the game and introducing women to golf? So, tell us about that partnerships that you've formed and ones that perhaps you're looking at in the future that would be mutually beneficial
0: yes so we actually were doing several things for that so we started a night called teammates tuesday which we currently do out of our house we have a simulator in our garage and then like chipping and putting in our backyard where basically our house is like a golf house nice so we started doing that on a tuesday where we invite men and women and i've been trying to get more and more women to come so that i can start my own one where it's just females. And I'm also trying to get with Memorial Golf Course, which is our local golf course here where we just had the Houston Open and start a women's evening where we play nine holes and then have a cocktail and chat and make it a little more accessible so that it's not a whole four hours because so many of us are moms and it's really hard to fit it all in. We've been partnering with a lot of local companies, many of which just helped us in our launch party. We have a brewery called 11 Below Brewery who sponsors us and gives us all the beer, which is fantastic. Nice. (laughs) And then we've been talking to some clothing companies. We work with Scott Dolly at Speed Golf and JJ Wood at Golf Professional. We've worked with the Texas Golf Association and done a couple of their events where I'll hand out Some of our merchandise to women because we made a lot of girls shirts and stuff just to try and get them included into it all. So I'm hoping that eventually it will pick up. And I've been talking with the Houston Open about doing a Women's Day next year so that we have a focus on women during a huge PGA event, which I think is really important.
1: Nice. Well, it sounds like all kinds of partnerships and alliances are there for you as that space is expanding. I don't know if you're familiar with Elisa Godet, who is the founder of Women's Golf Day that happens first Tuesday yeah. every June. I think they're about six years in now. So I know both of you now. I think you two would get along just great in just a lot of the other platforms that are out there. What I love about this also, it's really is a world of abundance in the sense that it's an expanding market, that having that mindset of growth, that growth mindset where it's not a zero-sum game, where if you get this, that means I'm going to get less, that everybody wins on this. And it sounds like you are very collaborative and you see that by partnering with others means everybody moves forward and that rising tide lifts all ships metaphor is a, very applicable to what you're doing. So. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about this. So if I understand this correctly, Lydia, so you founded Teammates in August 2020. Is that when you started or is that when you launched the
0: app? So I started making the app last summer, June, July of 2020, right? Because I I came up with the idea when the full lockdown happened, when everyone was like, what's happening with the world? I was like, well, I'm going to sit here and make this instead of listening to all that stuff that's going on. And then we launched it in June of this year. June 21. You did.
1: Okay. So you've been going now for, because we're recording this in December, going to be released in January-ish sometime when everybody's going to hear this. So let's say that's roughly seven months in or even six months in right now. So tell us about Traction. How are you managing to then see the data or the analytics? As we know, if you can't measure it, you don't know if you're getting better or where you need to focus more time and less. So where are you seeing as far as the trends, as far as how many users, how many active users and month by month? So tell us about that a little bit.
0: I use App Annie and Apple Connect and Firebase to track all my analytics every day and try and see where things are going, how long people are staying on the app, why they're staying on it. We have almost 10,000 downloads, but active users daily ranges a lot. Sometimes it's a couple hundred, sometimes it's a couple thousand. It really depends on the day. Like Mondays, for example, are pretty slow on the app. But then Mm -hmm. Sundays, there's tons of them. We always get a lot of downloads on a Sunday. So we try and post different stuff on our social networks on the days that seem to be working more because it seemed that no matter what we did, Mondays just weren't happening. And maybe that's just because everyone's back at work and got over the weekend. So you notice the different trends and the different times. Also, like how long people stay on the app. Generally, it's five to 10 minutes. They're going in, they're checking the feed, they're posting something, they're looking at the tea times, and they're going off. So hopefully as we get more critical mass, there'll be more stuff to look at and more things on the newsfeed and more tea times to look at. We're adding in a bunch of new features soon that I think will interest people. And yeah, it's really just about seeing what works because we don't have any funding yet. We haven't really put any money in the marketing. So I'm hoping when we get to do that, that we will be able to bring it to a different level.
1: Nice. Nice. So you're just bootstrapping this right now, which for entrepreneurs out there, you're thinking, because everybody watches Shark Tank and you see these deals. Oh, we're valued at five billion million and you get 10% of that for $500,000. And the valuation, by the way, is usually a number that's made up. The value is what people are willing to pay for something, but it makes for great TV. And a lot of people think, wow, that's how entrepreneurship works and that's what you're doing. But here's a little tip, and I think you've learned this. So I'm not telling you, I'm. this is more for our listeners, is... If you are starting something, you're building something, and yeah, you want to raise money to take it to the next level, one of the best ways to fund it is through something called customers and a little thing called revenue. So if you manage to figure out your pricing and the value you're adding, whether it's business to consumer, whether it's ad placements and actually having golf companies partner with you and, and the value you're adding for them, or your users are actually paying more of like a premium product that, yes, you actually have people that are paying, guess what? That means you're funding your project that way because you're actually t- bringing it in revenue. And also with that, the value of your company goes up because you're showing growth and traction and getting those small wins over time. So with that, I want to ask you a little bit about this. So when you first started, when you launched about five months or so ago, what were the features that you offered? Because I'm assuming you've read with Eric Reese and the lean startup and minimum viable product, not trying to do everything at once. So when you launched, what was your minimum viable product and the features and the benefits that you offered on the app?
0: Um, so when we first launched, we had three main aspects of the app. We had the the social media side, which is golf only. That's all anyone posts. There's stories, there's news feed, there's a profile. And we have the tea time setup, which is the community feature of our app, where you can post a tea time, and then you click on invite friends, and it will show you everyone in your area on the app. So then you can just invite them like a dating app. Join my tea time and they get a notification. They can accept or decline. So that's the second main feature. There's also a map on there where you can look at all the tea times in your area. And then we have the marketplace. And the marketplace we added last minute because we had some friends and some people reach out to us during that first pandemic year that we're setting up. Golf companies, golf apparel, golf towels, golf sunglasses. There seemed to be a lot of boutique things like that going up. And we thought a couple of them said that they didn't have a platform, didn't know where to put it. So we're like, it'd be really cool if we had this low seller transaction and that they could set up a whole store so you can create your own store on our marketplace and sell golf products. So that side of it hasn't quite taken off yet, but I feel that once we get more users, it will start to work a little better.
1: And speaking about users, and I know you're trying to find that tipping point and get that critical mass. Yeah. Which, with no marketing budget quite yet, it is tricky. So it is really word of mouth and friends, and and that works. It really works. And even the downloads you have already, that's, it's impressive. So and it shows that there is there's a want and a need for this that you're you're fulfilling that that need to start with. So. And it sounds like with the the buy or sell equipment, you're using that Facebook Marketplace, a bit of Craigslist that works also, yeah. and kind of putting that in just for golf only. So you said something very interesting that you kind of your tagline is "We are the LinkedIn for golf." So with that, are you going to enhance the ability for people to then talk to each other and then comment and and share? And then that are you looking to build that type of platform? Because I've noticed on some of the other ones, you don't really have that functionality. You can't really connect directly with these people and build relationships. You'd have to then somehow go offline or go on another platform in order to do that, to connect.
0: So yes, we already have all of that. So on the news feed, you can comment, like, you can create a story, you can send any user messages. We're adding in company tagging so that you'll be able to just put like Chevron in the search bar and it will show everyone that works there. So there's already that big user community network feel to it. You can share people's posts, pretty much everything you can do on the other social media platforms you can do on ours.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Good stuff. So, don't sound like I'm grinding you, like an angel investor looking to kind of check for you here. But uh, hopefully, I'm not co-
0: investor. I'm open to you. I'm open. For
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, maybe we'll talk. We'll talk. So, please don't take it that I'm grinding you here with these questions. I'm just curious, also. Oh, I just love this space. So, Lydia, one of the things I really love is design. Myself as an architect and designer, and an experienced designer. What we do in the golf and sport event space, but also I love. Digital experience, that UX user experience. So, walk me through the journey. Let's say I just signed up right now and downloaded the app for teammates. But let's say I'm actually in Houston. Make it nice and easy because I'm assuming that's your backyard. That's your beachhead, as we call it. That's your market you want to build up first. Let's say I live in Houston and I want to play. It's a Monday when we're recording this. Let's say I want to play a round of golf tomorrow. So how would I go about finding three people to play around a round of golf with?
0: You sign up first, create your profile and you put in your location that's very important that your location is in there so that it knows how to find you on the filter It allows you to put in your play preferences whether you like music, whether you like to drink, whether you're a very serious golfer and your handicapped so that people know that they can get people in the same levels as them. So once your profile's set up, you go to the tee times and you create a tee time and you post like where the tee time is, what time it is, what kind of round it is. Like when I post, mine is always like fun round drinks, fun round with drinks. <laughs> and then when Andrew posts, it's like betting. So very different types of golfing. And then you can either go to invite friends and it will show you all the people in your area and you can scan through their profiles and see who you'd like to try and invite Or you can just post it and see if anyone comes and requests to join your tea time, which I do all the time. And then they'll get a notification saying I requested to join and they can add me. And then you can message each other and talk about it before you play or decide where you're going to meet on the golf course or if you're going to get lunch after or whatever.
1: That's what you want. You want to keep it nice and simple. Kind of that frictionless experience the best that you can. Because you overcomplicate things, guess what? Then people drop off immediately and they don't complete the journey for what you're there for. So speaking about the journeys in stories I want you to share this with us. So you want to go global with this. You have the ability for anybody to sign up. So can you tell us now? I know you're still early days, but what is the most exotic or far thrown place on the planet where someone has played around a round of golf with other people that may even be unexpected for you, whether that's in somewhere in North America or around the world? So give us an example there of somewhere far flung from Houston that people have used your app to connect and play around a round of golf together.
0: So we actually quite a lot of users in Australia. Unfortunately, they've messaged and post stuff saying their courses have been closed for so long because they've been so on strict lockdown. So a lot of them have wanted to play. And I know that they've chatted to each other. They're planning to meet up once the golf course is open. I don't know if they've actually opened yet, but we have a good platform of users there we have a good platform of users in India actually it's picking up as a sport there and in the UK as well we have a good platform so it's kind of all over the place again it's just about getting critical mass those areas so that those people feel like because you know how big Australia is I mean even if we have like a thousand users there there might be one here and then one eight hours away so
1: right right yeah.
0: yeah it's just about getting more people involved So that when you go on there, no matter where you are, there's people in your area to choose from.
1: Got it. And I know one of the apps that I used a couple of years ago that I tried out, one of the problems that I had was the critical mass was not there. There are not enough people here in Vancouver, ton of golfers, but there were not many people on it. So I tried a couple of times and then couldn't find anybody to play with. So then what do you do? You, you give up, right? Yeah. And then That was yeah. it. So what are yours, we like to call, what are your growth hacks? What type of ways are you looking, what strategies over the next six to 12 months whether it's through partnerships you're looking at in order to grow, to get the word out, to get the highest impact with spending the least amount of money that right now is your own money.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's very true. Like I need to get my kids to college at some point in the future. Exactly. So we do a lot of posting on Facebook groups because there's a lot of big golf Facebook groups. And we found that that brings a lot of users to us. We do a lot of giveaways because we had a lot of merchandise made at the beginning. So we have giveaways from head covers and shirts and stuff, and that seems to bring in a lot more people. We also just go around a lot and just talk to people. Like Andrew and I are both big talkers, and we both lived overseas, so we're not very shy. (laughs) <laughs> As you could tell. And we just go out and network and discuss with people. And they're building a really cool nine-hole par three course right in the middle of Houston called okay. 8 9 So we went and chatted to them and asked if we could like help them build up their tea times once they open and just collaborating with local people. Just really finding ways to get the word out there that there are people to play golf with. And your neighbor might be on this app and you could go play with them and you never knew it, which actually happened to us. Our neighbor was on the app and we hadn't met before and we all went and played golf. So that's really fun. Love it. Yeah, so with new businesses, it's it's exhausting because you just have to keep talking about it. Keep going at it. It's like just keep hitting at it as hard as you can until you get some good momentum and then you can relax a teeny, teeny, tiny bit.
1: Oh, there's no relaxing. Yeah. You're in the entrepreneurial uh, deep yeah. end now. It's uh, There's no hope for you. You're yeah. one of us now. You're part of the, the tribe of misfits that can't get a regular job anymore. So uh, yeah, you're, you're stuck with us. Mm-hmm. But one of the things you said there I love, even though, yes, you do need to show that hustle and that grit and get out there, but you can't come across pushy and, and salesy. And I love you used the H word there that you offered to help with the part three course there in Houston. It's like, how can we help you? Yeah, You ask questions. It's like, what do you need? what would actually add value for what you're doing rather than, Hey, we got this great thing. We're doing this. You'll love it. It's like, ugh, you know, you hear that all the time. And the fact you're offering to help first and that then creates engagement, whether it's even just through conversations on LinkedIn, uh, this is how we, you and I met, right? To yeah, be supporting yeah. other people in the industry, doing awesome things. is like, that's amazing. I love it. You know, and then sharing that with other people and that then cultivates trust in an authentic way. I can feel already that's what you're doing and I've got a feeling why you're going to be successful.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much point in just doing your own thing. It's the whole point of being an entrepreneur and living in a community is to help everyone and raise each other up and support this person and then they'll support you back. And that really happens. Like it's the karma in that founder relationship.
1: Well, I got a whole bunch more questions I want to ask you here, but I got to hold off here because you and I are going to finish up here and then jump on our video call because we're going to have a different conversation and that's going to be on our Mod Golf YouTube channel. So I do encourage our listeners to also join us over there to become viewers. So to finish up here, Lydia, why don't you share with our listeners how they can learn more about what you're doing with Teammates Golf and how they can download the app and what platforms you're on right now?
0: Okay, great. Our website is www.teammatesgolf.com. Very simple, just the name of the company. We are very active on Instagram. We post stories and posts every single day. It's at Teammates Golf. Same on TikTok at Teammates Golf. Twitter, we're working on. <laughs> Not a <an actual laughs> matching for me. And we are available on the Apple Store and on Google Play Store. And we will soon have a web app as well, which will have all the same features on it
1: nice nice well as i always do in the show notes for this episode i will put all the links that lydia had just mentioned there to make it nice and easy for all of you listeners to check out teammates golf there and also in the bio page that i'll create for you all so i'll include all of those links there also so hey with that lydia davies founder and CEO at Teammates Golf. I usually don't like the term serial entrepreneur, I prefer successful entrepreneur, but you're a serial entrepreneur in the best possible sense. Once you're into something, you commit to it, rather than a lot of serial entrepreneurs, as soon as things get hard, they're onto something else, right? And it's just there to make money. You know, I, know, I, I like really the feel... hard stuff,
0: yep, that's what I thrive at.
1: <laughs> there we go, here we go. You're what we call, you're a mutter, right? The, the, the race horses that perform well in bad conditions, right? You're a mutter. there you yes. go. So Lydia, again, thanks so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast.
0: Thank you, Colin. I really appreciate it. It was great chatting to you.
1: So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on our homepage to hear about upcoming episodes and to enter our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston.
0: Thanks so much for joining me. Bye for now.